This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. From MPB Think Radio, you are tuned to Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the great people who love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. Today on the show, we are wrapping up 2022 with a look back at some highlights from the year on Deep South Dining. From guests to recipes, 2022 has been a fun year, and we want to hear about your favorite moments from our show and from your kitchen. Also, we will share a few more gift ideas as the holidays approach for the food enthusiast in your life. And as always, we'd love to hear from you, what's going on with your family and your kitchen and the holidays. Shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Good morning. It is Monday, and (laughs) (laughs) the end of the year is upon us, Carol. Guess where Java's head is this morning? I don't know. Yeah, it, it is the end of the year for me because the kids are out of school in about two days, and then um, actually my anniversary, 10-year anniversary, is coming up at the three days after Christmas, so the end of the year is like a, a big deal for me. Oh. Well, so 10 years ago, that fine woman, Crystal, decided it would be okay to marry you. And we've stuck through the thick and thin. Well, she, Congratulations. Mar- she married up, Java. She that's, married up. That's a beautiful thing. And Java, thank you for our uh, holiday gift in here. You, you before the show started, you, you brought us gifts, and what a cool idea! You brought us little chopping blocks. Mine says, "Chop it like it's hot," and it has Deep South Dining on it, Carol. And what Malcolm, is yours? we're a brand. We're, yeah, yeah, we're a brand. And, and I guess you custom ordered these, huh, Java? This is a cool yeah, idea. Yeah, I, 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 uh, you guys always are gifting me. I have. Go away lodge hats, and um, just this morning you brought in uh, some more uh, sweet treats, Malcolm. And you know, uh, just what last last uh, Monday Carol brought us Christmas ornaments. So I just thought it's only right, you know, to give you guys a little something. It's so kind. Mine says "Whip it good." It has a whisk and deep south dining and Java. These are lovely, lovely gifts. Well, and, and again, you, you know, we often talk about. Uh, food-related gifts at this time of year. So we'll touch on some of that as as we plow through the hour. Yes, and Malcolm, I think we're not going to be touching. We're going to be deep diving into food and cookbook gifts. Great. We're stirring the pot. So uh, what was going on at your abode or multiple abodes? You've been out of town. You slipped out of town on us. I did. I did indeed. I went to, uh, I took a bite out of the Big Apple, Mel. Wow. Just went to uh, to New York City. Yes, indeed. And uh, lovely it was. There's nothing like New York City this time of year. There are millions upon millions of white lights. I bet. Everywhere. The you know, Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. The windows at Saks Fifth Avenue. Hmm. I felt. Very lucky to be amongst the people. Did you eat anything interesting? I or? did indeed. Okay. Would you share? Yes. We stayed at the new development called Hudson Yards, which is, I believe, the biggest 
real estate development in New York in the past century. It's down on the west end of New York. And uh, Jose Andres, the great Jose Mm -hmm. Andres, who is now more famous for his humanitarian work than his kitchen, did a big food hall very near the place we stayed. And it was an homage to the regions of Spain. So Uh it was this huge place, and you could go to individual booths and get, you know, paella from Valencia or uh, an Iberico ham from another one. So we actually made two meals of that, and, of course, there was a churro stand. Uh, There was sangria to be had. But, you know, we were just kind of eating low-key, not wanting to get, uh, yeah. dressed up and go into the same place twice when you have the whole country to experiment with made sense to us. Right. And now, <clears throat> is this development uh, near that uh, loop or that walking? Yeah, it's what called the Highline. Ca- the Highline. I, I, I had heard yeah. about it but not under understood it. And okay. this Hudson Yards is built over a giant oh, railroad yard, railroad yard. And, uh, you know, big high-rise buildings, all of that. But the other just really cool thing that they've done up there is this High Line. It is a park on an elevated railway, and it goes a mile and a half through the city. And it is absolutely gorgeous. You know, most places you can see where the old rails were, Mm. but it's a walking trail, beautifully landscaped with native grasses, sculpture along the way. And so um, the Big Apple was big. Great. So what what are you up to? Well, you know, I uh, traveled out to the reservoir to the Overlook. That was (laughs) my big adventure. Good. Uh, I I went... uh, to get one of Bobby Cleveland's fishing rods, and and I asked oh my Pam if I could have one, and she was she gifted me one of Bobby's reel. Bobby was a great outdoorsman, <clears throat> outdoor writer, fisherman, hunter, uh, and uh, he passed recently. And um, it just occurred to me, I bet he owns or owned hundreds and hundreds of fishing reels and rods. And sure enough, I called his wife. Pam and ask and she said absolutely and 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 anyway she ended up giving me one so I took it out to the uh, over the overlook on the reservoir and first cast Carol bird's nest a bird's nest of course uh, that's a lucky bird's nest (laughs) no my line (laughs) turned into a bird's nest because I'm a terrible so lucky Uh -uh, I'm a terrible fisherman it must have been one of those open open yeah it was it was uh, too complicated for me yeah I can't I can't Uh, but anyway I did that now last week on the show uh Thomas Williams was with us, and he gifted us with a seafood tower. Y'all might remember Java. Oh yes, that shrimp was uh, very lovely at home. It was crazy. <laughs> so, so I it took, was a first for MPB. <laughs> right, <laughs> a seafood tower live on Deep South Dining. But I took my share of the seafood home, and Kara and I made a chipino, an Ita- American Italian soup. Chipino. Chipino. It's a San Francisco thing. It is. And uh, it's made with a tomato base with fennel and leeks and peppers. And I took my share of the seafood, which included shrimp, Alaskan king crab, 
snow crab claws, and some lobster claws, and cleaned it all out, chopped it up, and we put it in this soup, and it was delicious, and it had a nice little fiery taste to it, and Carol, I'm sure you've had many chipinos in your life. Not lately, Mel, and I haven't had one made by you and Kara, so something to look forward to. Very good. Also, Kara uh, made a cake over the weekend. I brought you each a slug of it. Uh, she experimented with the traditional pound cake. Instead of using milk, she used condensed milk, so that sucker ought to be plenty sweet. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that. You know, I saw posted on Cooking and Coping, our Facebook page, she did a sheet pan nacho that was just outrageous. Where did you find this woman? <laughs> yeah, that last night the, the sheet pan nacho was nachos were really, really good uh, and simple because it was on a single pan. And only thing cooked off the pan was the rice. So that was a very nice. I've never heard of rice on nachos. Well, it's a side dish. Oh. A side dish. But we okay. had avocados, salsa, sour cream, cheese, beans, chicken. It was a chicken-based. Uh, we used a rotisserie chicken uh, from Whole Foods. Well, you know, this I keep m- saying we. She. <laughs> <laughs> we ate it. She made it. Uh, I, f- I forgot what I was going to say. But you, you were- uh, you know, another oh. great gift at, at, at the holidays um, was included in the making of this chipino, and that is we had a, a quart jar of tomatoes uh, that Bill and, um, and Lynn Ellison made and gifted us last year, and we used those tomatoes uh, to make the chipino, the Italian seafood soup. And then later uh, on in the day— uh, I got out a, a, a jar of figs that my friend Susan Dobbs, Susan Lyles, made and gifted me with a couple of years ago. So I was sitting there eating this Italian seafood soup and thinking about Bill and Lynn's contribution. And then I thought about Susan's contribution to the figs. And I thought, I'm so fortunate. I'm sitting here eating these wonderful gifts that were given to me over the holidays. What a bonanza. You know, we talked about that last week, how even the most simple food gift of a condiment that you find in your local grocery store that's special to you is a wonderful gift because, you know, it takes a while to use up and people think about it, especially uh, if it's your favorite. And just because I care so deeply about you, I'm sharing I see something over there. That I what? got oh, last night on my front porch. <clears throat> this How is, long was it on the front porch? <laughs> it was long enough to get very chill. This is mm. Nancy Campbell, who we have said before is a physician by day and cook mm. by night. It's her wow. famous pimento cheese. I and love pimento cheese. This to is share delight- pimento cheese, John tried to hide mm. it. Delightful. Um, and I texted it has a secret ingredient. I can tell. And so I texted her this morning, of course, between patients. She, I asked her if the secret ingredient is mm. really secret or if it can be shared. And she said because she's a Deep South Dining fan, she said she puts banana peppers in the sweetened jalapeno peppers plus their juice. Chops in them addition, up finally. In addition to the— man. In the pimento. I'm sorry, Java. I, did you get some pimento cheese? You're chewing on something in there. He's eating pound cake. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure eating a pound cake, but I didn't. No, I didn't even put pimento cheese. 
you got to have some savory with your sweet. Boy, that's Java, good. I know that MPB has has a new executive director, and I'm hoping that he doesn't listen to the show and know how much we eat every. Well, I don't you think, think we're going to get in trouble. No, I don't think the cat's out of the bag yet because you know normally we have a little circle of people who come around. Okay, <laughs> All right. Well, it is Christmas time, holidays. Hanukkah. Today's the first day of Hanukkah. It is. And you're supposed to light your candles. We did. We you did. We will. Okay. You will. Okay. But um, I guess the question is for our listeners and for ourselves is: Do we cook the same traditional? Christmas meal every year. Do we experiment? What are we having? What's on the menu? And I will tell you, um, this morning when I got here a little early, I ran into my friend Tara Wren, who I believe is the education director, Java. Tara and I used to work together, Carol, and you were part of this too. When I was director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, Tara ran the Port Gibson-based cultural Crossroads organization. Oh, yes. did you Did you remember that? Yes. Okay. Well, she now works here at MPB. So we were chatting uh, out in the hallway, and I asked her what she was having for Christmas for the meal. And she laughed and said that her family, who are all coming to her house, grandmother, mom, dad, the kids, there's a new five-month-old coming, a grandchild. She said this year they were doing something different. They were going to have barbecue. Like and it. and that's the thing that I kind of found just on a you know quick Google search that a lot of people take Christmas to quote unquote experiment or do something different if you do break from tradition because a lot of people they will kind of carbon copy Thanksgiving for mm-hmm. Christmas but Christmas is the time where you don't do it for Thanksgiving you kind of keep the tradition but for Christmas you can pull out the barbecue you may even do like a little fish fry instead of yes. eating on Christmas you eat that traditional Christmas Eve and then you may do something a little fun or funky on Christmas Day you know well we are having gumbo for Christmas Eve Excellent you know, we, choice. we've done the formal meal Excellent choice and doing gumbo in the next morning I think I got really smart I ordered some of those Fabulous quiches from Sunflower Oven Bakery. They huh. were on, they were on the show last week, and while we were sitting here talking, Good I was looking at their website and ordered on the spot. So you that's know, breakfast. That's great. We're having breakfast also, Carol. Yes, we're doing brunch instead of lunch or dinner, and we ordered quiches, not from Sunflower Ovens, but from. Uh, the Urban Fox, right down the street from the, the Sunflower uh, Oven. So it's interesting. Both of our quiches will be coming out, out of, of Bellhaven Bell Heights. Heights. But, so Malcolm, you know, that's the thing. I know you and I both know how to make a quiche. Of course. But is it not grand on Christmas morning to have things that are already made that you don't have to, you know, break out yeah, the mixing yeah. bowl. I, I, it's just such a delight. That and isn't it great to be able to support local businesses during the holidays? Indeed, when it they're is. trying to make a little make a little ground up uh, to kick off their new year, and we are fortunate to have you know great uh, small food based businesses uh, in Mississippi from one end to the other and beyond. I'm also having speaking of. Benton Bacon. 
Excellent. It's en route as we speak, and it will be on our breakfast brunch. All the way from Madisonville, Tennessee. We'd be happy to hear from you if you would like to join this conversation and share what's going on at your Christmas table, your meal, or just what you've been cooking lately. And what you're giving for Christmas gifts. We're going to talk a lot about that. Absolutely. Deep South Dining, Malcolm White, Carol Palmer, we are so happy that you have joined us this morning. It's wintertime, alas, in the great state of Mississippi, and uh, it's a bit chilly. Everybody's got on a sweater and a scarf and a little hat. I mean, it is what it is. It's tis the season, Carol. And I love it. I love it being cold on Christmas week. I wanted to say one more thing about my conversation uh, in the hallway with Tara Wren this morning, and that was we were going over what each of us were having for Christmas for our Christmas meal, and she had said she was going to do barbecue. And then I asked about sides. I said, what are some absolutes? And, of course, she mentioned sweet potatoes. And then she said dressing, and then her eyes lit up when she said that her grandmother makes the best cornbread in an iron skillet on the planet, and they they eat it like dessert. And I thought, there you go. There's some enthusiasm for a for cornbread. For cornbread. We love cornbread. All right. Uh, we've got a caller. Sue is calling from Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. How are you this morning? Good morning. I was just, you just mentioned bread. I was thinking about buying a bread machine. Uh, they used to be a big fad, you know, several years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you don't see or hear about bread machines anymore. Are they passe now? Or are the ingredients hard to find or what? What, what, what happened to the bread Bread machines. You know, I don't think they're they're passe. I think we've had had some people actually call this year and talk about their bread machines. But you're right. I don't see them anymore. I think people have really embraced making their own breads and learned that it's not so hard to make your own breads. I think we saw this during the pandemic mm-hmm. when uh, sourdough bread baking became just you know a, a national uh, thing. But, no, you don't see. I think people have downsized. They don't have room to in their kitchens to put these huge things in. That, that's why I haven't they're doing it. Yet. You know, they're doing it uh, more by hand. It's, it's the reason I haven't given in to the air fryer. It's like, where <laughs> am I going to put this? Right. It's just another thing. It, you know, I got rid of my little deep fat fryer a few years ago. It's just as easy to... Heat up some grease on the stoves. <laughs> Find a place to store all this stuff. Well, so what do you think, ma'am? Because they, they are kind of bulky, and I have a teeny little kitchen, and so and I don't see the ingredients, you know, anymore. That you buy the whole setup, make a loaf of bread, and, and uh, I just wanted to say we're. <laughs> Yep, yeah. I think um, I think you've got something going there, but you know, flour, water, and yeast. Yeah, just keep on making the bread, Sue. Don't yeah. don't don't worry about the trends. You, you know, uh, if you want to make bread in, in in that, you make it in that. And uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate you always being tuned in and calling in and sharing what's going on in your kitchen and your world. It means a lot to us, and we want to wish you a happy holidays. Y'all too, and, and uh, I enjoy your show. Thank you so very much. Well, you know, Carol, I was thinking about some of the things in our kitchen that uh, have, have improved our lives. And one thing that we, we got this year was an always pan. And, and I sort of roll my eyes when it it was unboxed in the kitchen, but it's become my favorite uh, 
pan to steam and to make omelets in. And the thing is just so what darn versatile. An, what is an always pan? Well, it's this pan. It comes with these units where you can steam. Uh, it is a... Um, I don't know what it's made out of, to be frank with you, but uh, they're very popular. They're all over the television advertising. Uh, they they're nonstick. They they steam. They boil. They fry. They sauté. Is this one of those things from like an infomercial? No, <laughs> no. But it could be. But that's an always pan. Uh, for us, has become like the thing that stays on the stovetop while all the other pots and pans are put away. This is used so often, whether it's to steam broccoli, make an omelet in, saute a piece of fish in, and it comes with its own spatula and attachments, steamer, uh, and it's just become a multi-purpose, really important part of, of our kitchen. So, well, I'm looking at it on the internet. Um, they come in delightful Java, colors yeah. also. Java, you and I, we got to get with it. We're, no need we're, to get follow, with we're it. following behind. Yeah. yeah, I looked it up and I see, you, like you said, Malcolm, with the different attachments. Yeah. You can, yeah. It's basically a one pot and then you just you circulate for depending on what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's, it's a cool instrument that we love. Another thing that was really important in our house, and it's primarily because, not that we have we eat a lot of canned foods, though we do eat a lot of soups. But because we drink Café du Monde's uh, Café au lait, we, we order the coffee and chicory, and it comes in a can. And I mostly make the coffee, and I got so frustrated with a cheap, half-functioning can opener. And we finally got a good, solid can opener so that in the morning, say 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning and your coffee can is empty and you're trying to get out another one and you don't want to fight with the can opener. So for us, a really good, solid can opener has been a lifesaver. Okay. Is it a hand can opener? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I would never use one of those <laughs> things. Yeah, it's, it's really... <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, a good hand can opener. It would send the cat over the edge. Yes. And me as well. Okay. This good. one good is an you. OXO OXO or OXO. something. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's, it's made in China, and I'm not proud of that. Uh, but that's <laughs> we tried two or three. This one finally well, can let, carry let the weight. Tell you, this one can a, carry the weight. As an old gourmet store owner. OXO was, I remember the first market they were out there. They had one or two products. One was their now infamous vegetable peeler. Right. Their whole deal is being ergonomically designed for, you know, for cooks. They're easy to use. They're high quality. They're an American company. Even though they're made in China, Malcolm, it's okay. Okay, thank you. Look, the, I do not want uh, a broken implement standing between me and my caffeine in the mornings. I got it. And I fought it for a while. We had a we had a pitiful excuse for a can opener. I well, threw that thing in the I'm, garbage. I'm so happy for you, and I know the thousands of listeners out there are happy for you, too. And I brought some of my favorite tools. I see that. What's all that stuff I'm, over there? I'm more, I'm more visual, you know? I'm kind of slow. Well, sure. Now, I have some silicone here. Oh. You know, silicone was something that really changed the industry in cooking, and, and it, it's been, been a while now. But these, this spatula, Malcolm, in my hand 
can stand up to 600 degrees of heat. Not and, me. Not me. Yeah, but but a silicone spatula can be used to literally stir the pot. It can be used to stir whipped cream. It can be used to stir anything. Highly recommend. I also have a silicone whisk. Now, this is because we must take care of our nonstick cookware. So if you are scrambling eggs and like to whisk your eggs in the pan, as some do, this is what you use. It's a small silicone whisk. Uh, 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 what are you doing? No, Shaking no. your finger One, at one me. does not whisk their eggs in the pan. They whisk them before they put them in the pan. Yeah, they whisk them there, but they kind of... They turn them. into beads if you whisk them in the pan. Well, some people go for that. <laughs> it's kind of, you know... Look A at, rare disagreement on yeah. Deep South Dining. Java, okay. do you scramble or whisk your eggs when they're in the pan or before you put them in there? Before, before. I've never heard I of that. I've never take, heard in. I actually push my. I actually push my eggs. I don't once they're in. Yes, that was my point. Yes. If you keep scrambling, you're going to have, have gravel, like little uh, little French curds, like little curds. No one wants it. If you want curds, okay. Okay. <laughs> what about this silicone basting brush. brush? We have one of those. And I'll tell you why, because I sold for many years the pastry brushes and basting brushes that were boar's hair. That was the end thing. How nasty could those things get? They're just impossible to clean. Yeah. A hairbrush. So this. This is good. This is good. I'm going to only do two more things. Well, One, you take your time. Malcolm, you just this show is off a whatever you got over flat, there in the trick bag. This is a flat edged spoon. Flat-edged spoon. Yes. Now, for our listeners, you know, a spoon that you stir the pot with is elongated, like a regular spoon. Right. This is a blunt-edged spoon. Okay. And what it does, see, it goes around all of the oh. pan. Uh-huh. Wow. Very, very good tool. multiples of these. I have multiples, and you, even, <clears throat> even slotted. You have one slotted and one solid. Okay. This is... A infrared it thermometer. It looks like a pencil sharpener. No, <laughs> it looks like a ray gun. It looks like a ray gun. Now you know when they talk about frying and they say, "Wait till the oil is shimmering and it'll be three fifty uh, yes. degrees." I, I'm bad at that. Uh, we well, can so, pop a little something in there. So this is that a, tells a, a ray gun. It's about thirty dollars, and you can shift the surface of your oil. Wow! It's a red laser. My goodness, that's uh, impressive. Very innovative. It is. It is very innovative. I highly recommend. What is it called that. again? Well, it's called an infrared thermometer. D- is it just for grease or oil, or can you use it for like meats or what else? Can well, you use? Well, it's, it's for the surface. It's for it's Cakes? for surface temperature. Surface temperature. Okay. I guess you could that take your temperature it. with it. You could use it to uh, detect COVID. Gotcha. <laughs> You know, we could all do a COVID test in, before this, we... This show is disintegrating, but I, I hope it doesn't before we talk cookbooks. No, I'll try to keep it out of the ditch until we talk about cookbooks. So we have a couple of favorite bookstores. We have many favorite, the independently Independent, owned and operated yes. bookstores around our state. From the coast to the capital. To the capital to and the beyond. And beyond. To the capital of North Mississippi, Memphis. 
And the Peabody Hotel. Yes. Yes. All right. So you gathered up some great uh, info from Square Books in Oxford and from Lemuria here in Jackson about what books are people buying for Christmas gifts, what makes great Christmas or holiday presents, and what's selling, what's hot. Yeah, and we picked those two bookstores because, number one, we weren't going to call everybody in the state. And knowing these were representative of a good selection from independent bookstores. So, really, the top on both lists was I Am From Here by Oxford's own Vish Bot. And who we've had on the show, who's a friend of ours, and also who has an upcoming uh, book signing at Lemuria, I believe, this week. I sent that to y'all. Do either of you remember? I thought it was this weekend. It this was weekend. this past weekend. Yeah, Java Malcolm. Yeah, I yeah. send out stuff. And yeah, I, it was this. It was but, this past but weekend. There, there are plenty of books. There are yes. plenty of books. I'm <laughs> plenty sure. Of every, books. And that was one of our personal favorites. Loved it. Beautiful okay. book. What What do you have on your list? Another one of Deep South Dining's favorite. In fact, the <clears throat> author of this book will be on our next show. We're off next week, and we're broadcasting uh, a previously recorded, long form, in depth interview. Uh, with the author of the Red Truck Bakery Farmhouse Cookbook. Excellent. Yes, and he also has Red Truck Bakery Cookbook. Yes. It's the second one. Yes, and those are two of my favorite books of the year, and I am indeed gifting those to one of my family members. Brian, what's Brian's last name? Noise. Noise, yes. Brian Noise, who will be on the show next week. A full-on yep. interview with Brian Noyes about this book and his first book. What else you got, Carol? I have, uh, from Lemuria, I have Ina Garten, the Barefoot Contessa. She usually comes out with the book at Christmas. And this one is called Go-To Dinners. Mm. I haven't actually seen it yet, but I bet that's a great one. I do love the Barefoot Contessa. I do as well. Okay, at number three at Square Books in Oxford is Smitten Kitten Keepers. I have no idea. It sounds like a book about pets. Well, uh, yeah, or other other things. But the Smitten Kitten is a phenomenon on the Internet, in the cookbook world, in the blogging world. And it is on the list of both Lemuria and Square Books. Oh, okay. I've got... Um, <clears throat> The Gullah Geechee Home Cooking, ah, and I know we South Carolina. Yeah, we've mm. heard about about that book all year. That's that is by Emily Meggett. The Gullah Geechee, she explores the flav- flavors of her native culture, the uh, Gullah speaking people of the coastal South Carolina area. in the Low Country. Mm-hmm. At number four at Square Books is Melissa Clark's Dinner in One. I am a big Melissa Clark fan. She works for the New York Times and works on the New York Times food page. And, you know, to me, her claim to fame is everything she does, she breaks down easily, quickly, and, you know, you can trust Melissa Clark. So that one's going to be on my list. Do you see one at the bottom of your list that looks pretty interesting we hadn't heard of? Ghetto... Gastro. Hadn't heard of that. Never heard of it. Ghetto 
gas but I trust the people at Square Books. It's at number seven at Square Books. Um, and I wanted to just tell you just real quickly about this one. This is a book called Culinary Artistry. And one of our listeners, Charlotte Duck Pelton from Florida, sent it to me a year ago when she heard me bemoaning that I have trouble knowing what flavors go with what things. And this is a book that belongs in any chef's kitchen. It, it It's just so interesting. Like, for example, you look up chicken or you look up sea bass, and there's a list of all the flavors, all the herbs, and all the things you put with that protein. Hmm. That is great. Like, for example, I looked up mushrooms the other night, and it had, you know, what herbs go, go with mushrooms. So for people who are serious cooks, look at Culinary Artistry by Dornenberg, Andrew Dornenberg. Okay. I, I don't know if it's something that would be on every <clears throat> in every independent bookstore. This is one of the finest cookbooks I've ever seen. So different. Excellent, excellent. At number five, Square Books, is our great friend who's been on the show many times, Elizabeth High School's Come On Over, a great cookbook. Yep, cooked out of it a bunch, and, and we hope to have Elizabeth on the show in 2023 again. We need her back. We do. She's we need a, some. She's a barrel of laughs. She's a barrel of laughs, and she is on the Today Show cooking segment maybe once once a month. Yeah, pretty I regularly. Think. Okay, on both lists is What's for Dessert by Claire Saffitz. What's for Dessert? What's for Dessert, another great cookbook for the. Yeah. And now, at number I think six. Oh, you have another I have one, one more. At number six, The Walks of Life by the. Well, there's a whole family. family I, I didn't the, write down all the names. There were okay. four Lung family members. Lung Lung family. E no, it's L E U N G. Lung and it's family. The walk of life. The walk of life. Now, I it's saw like the that look of love. That cookbook is on every major list from the New York Times on down for this year. So not just at our books, but the walk of life. You heard it here. You heard it here. Now that's a a great list, but both representative of square books and Lemuria. So if you have any questions about a good gift to give a book, you can be in touch with both of those great retailers. And I had to circle back to the ghetto gastro because I hadn't heard of that, but the full title of the cookbook, ghetto gastro black power kitchen and then it sparked my uh sparked my, my my curiosity because I had I had heard of these guys. They're out of New York and they're a culinary collective. Oh. I hadn't which is, you know, new to me. And they use food as a platform to spark conversation about larger issues surrounding inclusion, race, access, and uh, you know, how food and knowing how to cook provides freedom and power. So, um, you know, I, it it struck me, I was like ghetto gastro. What is that? But the full title of the cookbook, Ghetto Gastro, Black Power Kitchen. Java sounds like a 2023 show. I think it does. I, I, I just signed up for the um, for the email lists and all of those things. So please believe. So even you hear things you don't know on Deep South Dining. All the time. That's the best thing about working here at MPB. I've said it since day one. I've always I've, I learn something new every day. So, Java, if I understand correctly, in the third segment, you're going to play some 
some clips from past shows. Is that right? Yeah. To think about it, man, 2022 is, what, two weeks away from coming to a close, and we have done a lot within this year. I don't know if you guys remember, we were the Grand Marshals at the Mardi Gras Parade and Drew. Yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> you know, we talked to Vicious, uh, Vicious Bot a, a couple a couple months ago. Um, we've had several guests come in and out. We did an olive oil tasting live on the air. Like, we've done a lot, so we're just going to revisit a couple a couple things. All right. It is Monday. It is Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White, Carol Palmer. Happy holidays, y'all, and thanks for tuning in. We've got some callers lined up here, and then we're going to play a few clips from some oldie goldies from 2022. Danny in Gulfport is on the line. What's going on, Danny? Hi there. Hi. Um, I just wanted to to tell you all that I just love your show, and I almost think of you guys as like part of my family because you were – some of the first people that I met, so to speak, when I moved here from Kentucky about four years ago. Um, what a nice thing to yeah. say. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, we think and, of you uh, as our family as well. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. Um, Carol, I, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, right before Thanksgiving, I posted uh, something about cheese pudding on cooking and coping, and your response was, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I, I didn't know if that was, oh, gee, I love this stuff and I eat it too much, or, oh, my gosh, I ate this stuff once that made me really sick. No, well, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I've just, if, dying, I've just been dying to know. If, I'm sorry if there was any any shadow of a doubt. That was the best <laughs> thing I ever, like that I ever heard of. I'm a major cheese head, cheese person, and it was the oh. most um, evil concoction that I, I would I would have no, there would be no bottom to what I would eat of cheese pudding. <laughs> so, so it was a, har- a heartfelt comment. Oh, well, I think that it was positive, but you never know, you know, so, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's that whole thing. I was a little bit late on the, on the Thanksgiving side. Uh, getting my contribution in, but um, well, quick question is: Would you share uh-huh. the recipe on cooking and coping? Malcolm is flagging me down, saying, "Share the recipe, share the recipe." Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I well I did, uh, but I oh, you did okay. Just share it again, please. Uh, yeah, this this was the one uh, that I I commented had presidential approval. Uh, oh yes, oh, right. oh yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, President Eisenhower um, asked for asked for seconds when he stopped by uh, Lincoln's birthplace, and the Women's Club hosted him for what what I can only imagine was just a really great one. We are on it, and we thank you so much for calling us. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. I hope y'all have a very merry Christmas. And to you and yours, we appreciate you. Yep. All right, now we got Charlie calling, and Charlie is on the road, which we love hearing from people who are driving through and pick up uh, MPB Think Radio. What's going on, Charlie? Good morning. Um, I just wanted to call and wish y'all happy holidays, a happy new year, and thank you very much for all y'all do. Man, that's awfully sweet of you. And the same to you. We, and Merry Christmas, absolutely. Charlie. Thank you. <clears throat> Merry Christmas. All of 
Without listeners, I there don't. would be no there deep south dining. There would be no dining. deep south dining. And uh, Malcolm, as we were speaking to Charlie, I got a late-breaking text oh boy. for you. This is from Romaine Richards, who yes. is the mother of our friend conductor William Garfield Walker. Right. She says, tell Malcolm, I like to scramble my eggs in the pan. <laughs> I do not like to whisk them before because I like to control the amount of white in my scramble. There you I go. I like more ed- egg white. So there. So, Romaine, thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Uh, mine is a simple, singular opinion. <laughs> Carol's uh, idea I'm of, getting reinforcements. Uh, absolutely. It's two to two now, Java and I and you and Romaine. Uh, so if there's a caller out there or a listener out there who has an opinion about whether you scramble your eggs before you put them in the pot or scramble them in the pot, you're welcome to join the conversation, uh, but you're not required to. would be fun, though. Thanks, Romaine. It's good to hear from you. Happy holidays uh, to one and all. All right, we got one more caller. We got Mikey calling from Mobile, Alabama. Mikey is a regular, and we appreciate you. What's going on in in Mobile, the port city? Well, I don't know about my being regular, but anyway, <laughs> I do my best. Uh, you know, I told someone earlier today. Well, I am sane, you know. Um, uh, but anyway, the uh, uh, a couple of things about um, the tools. And it brings back a memory for me, that if, if I may share. Have you got time? Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, uh, brief. Um, when I was nine years old and first learning to cook, um, my mother said, okay, you make the scrambled eggs. I'd never made scrambled eggs before. I could barely see over the top of the stove. Um, but there was a big old cast iron skillet, and there was a big old family, okay? Um, almost a dozen people. And... Um, so I cracked the eggs into the, the cast iron skillet like I'd seen my grandmother do, but I forgot to turn on the heat. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cast iron, and it was my family, so the cast iron was well-seasoned. Um, anyway, uh, uh, I didn't want to tell Mama when she went, how are the eggs coming? And I went, uh, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> coming along great, Mom. <laughs> yeah, and she was doing the biscuits. And uh, anyway, um, I it, it, it came on, and the eggs started to, you know, show a little opaqueness here and there. And I had um, I had a spatula, and so I just quietly, because I didn't want her to catch on, uh, stirred them a little bit, and um, they came out super. I mean, from a cold cast iron skillet. Now we're talking, not a hot one. Mm-hmm. Because I forgot to turn on the stove, and uh, you know, and it, the eggs filled the, the bottom. Of, this was a big, a good size, you know, 12, 12 inch or so, right. fourteen maybe. Um, and uh, but as it, you know, as I gently stirred them, Malcolm White, there were plenty of wonderful whites in it. And my mother actually said to me when we got, you know, and she went, "How'd you do that? I've never." Mike, I've never seen, I've never seen, I've never been able to make them that good, you know, because like, they came out with this wonderful creaminess. There you go. You heard it here. You heard a new it way right to here. cook scrambled eggs. Thank you so much, Mikey, for sharing that story. We appreciate your tuning in and joining in the conversation. So now, John, I appreciate Mikey for telling about the mistakes. That's something we often don't do on the in the kitchen side, you know, right. talk about our missteps. Well, <laughs> and then often a mistake becomes an innovation. Uh, and you think, wow, I'll try that again. 
Uh, so nothing wrong with that. All right, Java, you got some uh, nuggets to share? Yeah, we're coming close on time. But uh, like I said, we did a lot um, this uh, this 2022 uh, year. Carol even became a Mrs., uh, you know. During I did the year. indeed. We had a wedding in the family. I know, so it was a lot. But this is one of my favorites um, when we had Elaine Trigiani um, in the studio, and we had a little olive oil tasting um, live on the air, slurping included. <laughs> Let's just taste the first one, which is the California oil. The one up front here. So how, front. tell us how, how we taste. <clears throat> so first, just smell it. And this oil, it actually smells kind of nutty. Mm-hmm. And then to taste it, and y'all may, y'all, all of y'all listeners out there may not appreciate this because um, we have to make a little noise. Oh, boy. Um, we, well, I think we should just turn our backs. Um, <laughs> to the we micro- love sound effects. Turn, 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 we are about to get some sound effects. You're going to slurp. Uh, I'm going to slurp. <laughs> I think Java, I'm, are you ready to slurp? Can, can you, like, that's turn what, me off or something? That's, no. that's what this show is all about. <laughs> that's, that is come slurping. On. Okay, go, go turn her mic line. off a second no. so she can slurp. Okay, or so turn I'm, it going, down. I'm going to take about half a teaspoonful of olive oil into my mouth and just kind of slurp it back. And okay. you really, what you're trying to do is get olive oil literally all over the inside of your mouth so that, you know, so your taste buds can get a hold of it. Well, see, that's the sound that you need to be making you need to make when you're tasting the olive oil to get the proper taste. So this, yeah, tasting, we just literally took a sip of olive oil out of a cup. And I think about this all the time. That's like rude numero uno broken uh, uh, right on the radio. You know, no slurping, slurping on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. And uh, thank you to Elaine coming on because I myself did not know that you could taste test olive oil, you know, similar to how you may have like a wine tasting or something mm-hmm. like that. It's a it's a technique. And that was really cool to learn. Java, even as we're speaking, Joe Sherman is sitting out in the parking lot of MPB with the case of Elaine Trigiani's new release, <laughs> Olive Oil. It came in on Friday, and he is in the parking lot. Probably slurping. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about full circle. Man, that is that is. And crazy. Elaine will be coming back on the show. She's coming home from Italy uh, in January. And January, February, so we'll have her on yeah, again. We she can, can talk slurp about the her new oil. oil. Do we have time for another clip? Um, a little bit. I want to. Uh, we were talking about Vish Wish, um, uh, but uh, and here's a little bit of that conversation. What it is, you know, I mean, for me, this was all very new, right? I, I didn't, I'd never had any intentions of, of cooking. I'd never had any intentions of working in restaurants, uh, but I fell into it and, and fell in love with it. Uh, and so, I, you know, the whole process you know over the last uh two and a half decades three decades has been about learning for me you know just how how do you um become first i mean how do you learn you know to to cook in a in a professional kitchen i mean that that took a while to get used to and then and then learning foods that i was not necessarily familiar with i'd, I'd grown up vegetarian so you know starting to learn how to work with fish and meat and and that's just a little bit of the conversation. Of course, you can catch all of these on um, podcasts. Um, that was a great conversation with Vish Wish. And like I said, learn something new every day for him to be so accomplished in the culinary world and for him to say out of his own mouth, he had no desire or no kind of you know right. inkling like that was what he was going to be doing. And uh, now he has one of the top cookbooks in the country. Absolutely. Number one on both lists from Lemuria and from uh, Square Books. And I want to remind you, next week on our show, Brian Noyce will be on to talk about the Red Truck 
uh, cookbooks, the two now in the series, and what's going on in his world. So we hope you'll tune in for that, and uh, Carol and I will actually be off, and we'll be on our way toward a magical holiday Christmas Eve. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by the generous contributions from good folks like yourself, and we thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For Carol Palmer and myself, we ask you, we thank you for tuning in, and we ask you to stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And we say also, Happy holidays, and please join us next Monday for more Deep South Dining Heard right here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.